Chalmers, Cole, James! Chalmers, Cole, James. Man, you know exactly what happened. You don't need to see this clip. That's one of the most iconic calls on one of the most iconic dunks in the history of the NBA. But let's go back in time and tell the story of this moment. July 8th, 2010. And this far, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. LeBron James chooses the Miami Heat. Bron, Wade, and Chris Bosh team up to create the reviled Heatles and become the NBA's preeminent super team. That same summer, Jason Terry secretly gets the Larry O'Brien NBA Championship trophy tattooed on his bicep, believing his Dallas Mavericks will win the NBA title. Big words from the Jet, or big ink needled into his skin. Later that next season, May 31st, 2011, Jason Terry and the Dallas Mavericks do make the NBA Finals. And who will they face for the title? LeBron James and the Miami Heat. Miami wins game one. Dallas wins game two and steals home court. The Heat win game three in Texas and take home court right back. NBA Finals. Mavs down two games to one against the betting favorite Miami Heat. The tension is rising. Seems like a perfect moment. For some Jason Terry trash talk, Jason Terry tells the assembled media that Miami isn't the best defense the Mavericks have faced in this 2011 playoffs. And when asked about LeBron guarding him specifically, Jason Terry said this, quote, we're going to see if LeBron can do it for seven games. <laughs> That's going to be the challenge right now. It's game four. Can he do it in game four? He wasn't able to do it in game two. That's a real quote. So what happens in game four? Let me tell you, June 7th, 2011, Miami's up two at halftime. They're up four after the third, but Dallas holds the heat to only 14 fourth quarter points. And the Mavs come back to beat Miami 86 to 83, series tied 2-2. And get a load of this, Jason Terry finishes with 17 points. LeBron James finishes with eight Eight points. LeBron's only scored in single digits 10 times in his 20-year career. And almost all of them were in 2003-2004. LeBron James has completely distorted statistics. That's tough to say, distorted statistics. Back to our story. Series tied 2-2. Dallas goes on to win game five. Jason Terry scores 21 on 67% shooting. Then the Mavs go on to win game six and the NBA championship, fulfilling Jason Terry's upper arm ink pushed into his skin via needle prediction. Four games, the two Mavs world champs, and in that closing game, the Jet, Jason Terry, who told the world LeBron James couldn't guard him for a full series, scored 27 points on 11 of 16 shooting. That's almost 69% from the field. Jason Terry was kind of right. One year, one season later, LeBron James wins his first NBA championship and Jason Terry is a free agent. Where's the Jet going to sign? How about LeBron's rival, the Boston Celtics? And on August 11th, 2012, Jason Terry gets more ink needled into his skin. This time in the shape of a leprechaun, the Boston Celtics mascot holding another Larry O'Brien trophy. Could it be? Could another Jason Terry tattoo prediction come true? 
Later that season, March 18th, 2013, LeBron and the Miami Heat are in Boston to face Jason Terry and the Celtics. Miami is in the middle of one of the greatest winning streaks in NBA history. LeBron is a champion, and the Heat are out for blood. With five and a half minutes left in the first half, the Boston Celtics are up 13 points. The streak is in jeopardy. Miami is struggling with only 35 points in the game, and they're in need of a play to kickstart their comeback. But Jason Terry steals a Norris Cole pass. Dwayne Wade steals it back and flips it to Chalmers, who immediately tosses it to Cole, who throws it up for James. This is first ballot. Welcome to First Ballot, the podcast that celebrates the moments in sports that really matter and inducts them into the First Ballot Hall of Fame. I am your host, Neil, the podcast Jordan Clarkson, half Filipino, half Austin Reeves, coming to you live from the Shaquille O'Neal office depot, big and tall, executive suite, desk chair in my basement. It's important you remember I'm in this chair because I'm tall. Not It's not the big thing. It's because I'm tall. Today's episode of the First Ballot Hall of Fame podcast could be sponsored by Burger King. Rob, play the music. Chicken, 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 burgers, chicken, fries and chicken, burgers, red hot grill and something, something, have it your way. Happy K, have it your way. To our guests, have you ever had anything fun or funny, perhaps gravely dangerous happen to you at a Burger King? Yeah. <laughs> almost, of, almost died in there one of my favorite niles jokes where they, we haven't introduced him yet you don't get to hear these jokes yet uh anyways burger king throw me some money i'm happy to, to sponsor your, your your restaurant the lebron james casket job on jason terry is without a doubt a great sports moment but is it great enough for the first ballot hall of fame we have to decide that today on this episode and my guest here to do it with me is a hilarious stand-up. In 2022, he was named one of the comedians you should and will know by Vulture. Paste Magazine said he's ready to be a household name after his successful stand-up special, available right now for free on YouTube, household name. And I'm naming him Neil. Neil Magazine is naming him right now. You know this about me. I'm not always right, but I'm never, ever wrong. This guy is up next you hear what i'm saying this guy is going to break big and wide and in two years when he's off doing some show and maybe i'm producing on it you will know that the the con job started right here on this podcast me trying to get in this guy's side pocket starts right now and lastly he's a writer on the critically acclaimed hit tv show dave on fx it's mr niles abstin niles thank you for being on the show i appreciate it yeah, I forgot I had that many credits. That don't match up with how much money I got. <laughs> I need to start working so goddamn hard so you can cut that list in half. <laughs> Niles, you're so funny. I get massive, massive vibes from you. Uh, again, I'm not I'm not going to lie here. Like, part of this is, like, I've been following you for years, and I just am, like, 
sitting here and admiring your comedy and your jokes and your stand-up special and also your approach to the business. I really appreciate it. I want to wanted to meet you. I'm so glad you did the show. I know that you're a sports fan, NBA fan. So I think this all works out perfectly for me. Um, and then you're wasting your time. So it is what it is. This is just my break from smoking, so this is cool. <laughs> I needed I needed to stop for a second today. So. <laughs> Niles, can you do me a favor before we get started? Can you table set for me? Can you say your favorite sport, your favorite team, and your favorite athlete of all time? My name is Niles Ashton. My favorite sport is basketball. My favorite team is the Los Angeles Lakers. But my favorite, probably my favorite athlete of all time, I'm gonna go with favorite basketball player of all time, Allen Iverson. Wait, I, okay, all, first off, all great answers. I feel like you're holding back on something in terms of athlete. Who else were you considering? It feels like maybe it was a uh, an athlete in another sport. Wh what else, Who else were you considering? If I had to go athlete, greatest athlete of all time, I'd probably have to go Bo Jackson. He's great. He's great. Bo Jackson or, or Dion? They're f f both phenomenal. I love both of them. To me, Dion Sanders, the patron saint of this podcast. Uh, the... Uh, Interesting you led with Bo over Dion. Uh, as a comedian, isn't Bo Jackson just a tiny bit corny and Dion Sanders is so incredibly funny? Shouldn't yeah. you flip that as a comedian? Probably. <laughs> and then it's like for like wide, like wide, like mainstream audiences, they probably get the primetime, you know, thing quicker. Yes. It makes sense to them, you know? For sure. Uh, Niles, where were you born and raised? Mississippi? Is that what it is? Yeah, I was born and raised. I was born in Jackson, Mississippi, and then uh, I was raised in a suburb outside of Jackson called Flowood. Um, what teams are you supporting there as a kid? Okay, so my dad is from California. He went to UCLA. Got it. Got it. So I was raised right. So I've always been a Laker fan <laughs> since I was little. Um, Dodger fan when it comes to baseball. But because when I was born, it was the St. Louis Rams. Mm. He was he grew up a LA Ram fan. So he had kind of we kind of just adopted the closest NFL team to us, which was the Saints. And then my mom's family is from southern Louisiana. So they're all big Saints fans too. Got so it. it just all worked out. So I've been going to Saints games since I was like in diapers. And you're in Los Angeles now. You moved out to LA? I how, am. How long have you been out there? I've been in LA since the first week of 2016. So I've been here a little over seven years. What did uh when did you know you wanted to be in the entertainment business? Uh, I was 20 years old. I was a sophomore in college. I was running track uh, division one and I was just kind of battling a lot of injuries and uh, eventually I had to get hip surgery. So I was out for a while. Mm -hmm. I was in a wheelchair for a little bit. I was on crutches. And when I would do therapy in the training room, I would just be watching like funny movies all day. And then I would just watch movies back in my dorm room because I didn't really like moving around much because it was so hard to move around. Mm -hmm. And eventually it just was like, I watched so many movies. I was like, I think I can like write these better and uh which is a crazy thing to it think is. of a 20 year old kid but yeah i just felt like i could write them better and so i dropped out of college the next year and moved to la is that good for you that's fantastic hold on let me let me before we just blaze past this you're a d1 track star G D one track athlete i shouldn't say star. yeah right? i was not a star the africans were the stars not me <laughs> what what uh what event did you run uh i was the hundred i ran the hundred oh. 200 and the four by one i still Amazing. have the I still have the school record in my high school for the hundred meter dash. Oh, hell. wait a minute. Let me play it. I'm going to put. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, fantastic. Uh, a hundred, you hundred meter. What's your, what was your time? Do you know? Do you remember your time? 10.67. Unreal. So wait, as a kid, were you like thinking maybe, I mean, if you're a D one track athlete, 
Was there a point in your life where you're like, maybe I'll run in the Olympics? Yeah, that was what I wanted to do. Amazing. Uh, when I was 15, when things really kind of started clicking, like 15, 16, I was like, I think I could, I want to, that's like a goal. I want to do that. Uh, uh, so that was that, that was definitely something that I, I thought I could do. <laughs> and, it, and it came crashing down when you got injured. Came crashing down. <laughs> Did you ever play football? Yes, I played football all of my life growing up. Were you like a running back too? Uh, I played a little running back, but I was mostly a DB. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, I was never that athletic. Uh, it's just, that's the end of my half of the story there. I was just never that athletic. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Niles, to decide whether LeBron James's casket dunk on Jason Terry goes into the first ballot Hall of Fame, we have to go through our Hall of Fame credentials. Those are the categories by which we judge our moment. The first category, the first credential, as always, analytics. These are the numbers, some of the stats behind this moment. I'm going to go through them. They're really interesting, honestly, numbers I didn't really remember. This is like a classic example of you see this dunk, you remember this dunk. Of course you remember this dunk. But do you remember much about the circumstances of this dunk? It was in the playoffs, right? It wasn't. That's the thing. I, you know, that's a I, that's a good answer, that you were wrong was a perfect answer. Because for me, wow. I knew nothing of this dunk. Uh, pardon, I just didn't know anything about the circumstances, so I'm going to give you some of the background behind this, some of the stats. You comment when you see fit. Uh, okay. Miami won this game 105-103. Okay. It was the Heat's 23rd win in a row. They ended up winning 27 oh. straight. It was that long winning streak. Yeah. Uh, and this game put Miami, uh, that 23rd win in a row, put them second place overall for longest winning streak behind those 33-win Lakers. I believe it's 33 wins that they have. Hmm. Uh, LeBron played 42 minutes, 15 seconds. He shot 16 of 29, 55% from the field. He had 37 points, seven boards, 12 assists, two steals, two blocks. But that, you know, you say those numbers, and in general, usually if, like, there's a big game behind a great moment like this, like you've got the dunk and now you've also got 37-7-12-2-2 and a win, 105-103. Like, in theory, once you start stacking up all those, those accomplishments on a moment like this, it's like, how are you keeping this thing out of the first belt Hall of Fame? But the big strike against the stats of this is LeBron has ruined stats. He's ruined them. You hear that number and you think nothing of it because LeBron James having a 30-something, 7 and 10, whatever. It's regular. It's regular. That's how great he is. You think nothing. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong now. You hear those numbers and you don't go, oh, my God, what a crazy. Right. It's almost like nothing. True or false. Which is, which is amazing. Because anybody crazy. else, you're like, oh, shit. Westbrook had what? <laughs> I know. We're like talking about how the dude went off, and now we just we just casually blaze past. I mean, I I have written in my thing here to blow up about this and and how those stats mean nothing to his career. You, that's a that's this is what it is now. It just hit me. That's a almost a perfectly forgettable game for LeBron James. Yeah, unbelievable. Statistically, statistically, statistically yeah, yes. statistically that game means practically nothing to his career. Yeah, it'd be like if somebody was on the street going, bro, Niles Ashton killed it last night. People would be like, well, yeah. I, we know that. That's what uh, they do to me. They don't care. <laughs> so you're supposed to be that good. <laughs> it's expected. Right. It's expected of LeBron. It's expected of Niles. Fantastic. Uh, Boston led by as many as 17 in the first half of this game. Miami stormed back with five minutes and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter. LeBron either scored or assisted on Every Miami basket. The last wow. 15 points of the game, LeBron scores or assists on all of them. Uh, LeBron made the basket that tied the game at 103. 
And then LeBron hits the game winner with 10.5 seconds left. He didn't just dunk on Terry and embarrass him on national television. He then goes, wins the game at the end of the game. Do you remember him hitting a game-winning shot against the Celtics in this game? I don't think so. I, it really, it's, it's funny how... I like, remember watching this game live, though. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's funny that a, a dunk like this will just, it just like consumes your brain. And then you go, yeah, I know that dunk. Oh, great dunk. You can remember what happened. You remember how he fell, but the, the game just sort of drifts away and you forget about it. Well, I'm here to tell you, LeBron also won that goddamn game beating the Celtics. Wow. 105, 103. Fantastic. Uh, Jason Terry played 24 and a half minutes, nine points, two boards, four assists, two steals, four big turnovers. One of them being big. And then uh, five personal fouls, one of them being on LeBron for this dunk. Uh, Miami that year goes on to win the championship over the Spurs in, in seven games. So good. That was their good, first. That was their first ring together. Yeah, I think so. The the first uh, a good a good game, a good dunk, a good moment, a good game, a good win, winning at the end. They go on to win the season. Can't really poke a hole on this from from an analytics point of view. Um, let's move on to our next credential. It's the eye test. Niles, what do you see in this video? As you remember this dunk, as you think about this dunk, as you watch the video, yeah. what is it that makes this moment special? What is it that you see that might give this moment a boost and put it in the first Bell Hall of Fame? Well, first, it's the way the play starts. It's like a real team play, like yes. beautiful basketball, yes. great defense, great trap, the steal. The one, the touch pass at the uh, to the alley oop. It's just beautiful basketball that yes. like they teach kids, like where they tell kids like no dribbles on this play. That's right. Pass. <laughs> so it's just beautiful basketball first, and then at that point you also gotta. Uh, what I'm thinking is you also gotta look at the impact of this game and mm -hmm. this play. The year before, uh, when Le when the Heat beat the Celtics in the playoffs, that was like LeBron's first time beating the Celtics. So it's like a big deal. That's right. Big but then deal. they lost the championship, so people right. were doubting the Heat. They go on this huge win streak the next year, beating a team like the Celtics like this. I feel like you could potentially say this play, this game might have ended that Celtics dynasty in yes. a way. It kind of took the life it. out of it. <laughs> so, so it's like you got all that kind of riding on this game. It's during the winning streak. And so, and then like a player like Jason Terry, who had beat LeBron in the finals That's right. the year before on That's another right. team who had a fucking finals trophy tattooed on his arm. <laughs> he guaranteed he's going to win the finals the year before, did it in your face. And it's like, oh, now you're on this other team. And like, I can really like, I can give, I can get my get back for that shit. I feel like that's all packed into that play. And so it was just, right. it was beautifully set up. And then the way he just dunked on Jason Terry, Jason Terry, it was so cool that it was like four heat players down there. Cause it was like watching somebody get jumped. Like it's like you got, it's like you got set up. It's like a dude was like, "Hey, bro, come walk over here real quick. Come walk over here real quick." And then the dude walks around the corner, and the biggest dude in the game punches him in the face. That's exactly what it was. They set Jason Terry up to get jumped, and, and, Le, and LeBron, LeBron didn't disappoint. I mean, that is perfect. <laughs> I feel like I live my life in search of those perfect sentences. This being like he got jumped is so funny. That is a perfect way to describe this. There should have been somebody jumped. on the outside yelling, Ricky! They <laughs> got him. Niles, I mean, that's that's it right there. That's exactly why I have you on this show, to say something exactly like that. You get a moment like this because you're going to add something exactly like that. That was fantastic. That's so funny. I don't want to move past this. I want to bring up a couple things. One, 
I love from the bottom of my heart that two Laker fans get together to talk about how maybe this was the end of that Celtics run. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love that ad. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> As someone that hates the Boston Celtics, I love that ad. That's fantastic. Uh, definitely additive here. All right. I, I also have my my submission for this eye test was ball never hits the ground. You said it. I completely agree. Yeah. Plays a huge role in this. It's aesthetically very pleasing. Yes. Uh, D Wade sort of flips it behind his back to Chalmers. Chalmers right over to Cole. Cole flips it up in the air for Braun, and he just hammers it. It's just it's beautiful. It's it's Norris Cole sort of like you know passes is a little awkward, but generally speaking, aesthetically very pleasing. A gorgeous little play. Uh, mm -hmm. And then the other thing I want to add is uh, there were two fouls on the play. LeBron James gets fouled by his Jason Terry's falling body. Yeah. And then <laughs> tell me your opinion on the immediate technical foul. To, uh, to me, as I watch that play, LeBron is clearly staring at him. And you're right. All yeah. of the emotion packed into that moment is from losing in 2011. I think uh, Terry saw, I think D-Wade told the story that, uh, Terry saw Wade and Braun in a club, maybe it was Liv, and made him sort of go up and like shake his hand. And D-Wade talked about, you know, those two being humbled and using that. All of that jammed into this wow. moment. Uh, uh, Braun puts him in a casket and then clearly looks at him and he takes a couple steps towards him. But LeBron does not like scream in his face. He doesn't point at him. There's no like big emotion and an immediate technical from yeah. the white uh, uh, referees. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I hate that you can't stare down in basketball. It's crazy. It's, uh, it just – it has – sometimes you just got to take that tech. Right. Because the play was just too good. Too good. The, co the coach just has to understand. It's like, yeah, <laughs> let your nuts hang, bro. Like, that shit was nice. I love a t I love a good technical foul in a moment like this. Yes. Because it's essentially the referee being like, hey, wait, hold on, wait a second. You can't be doing all that. Like can't it's just have all that fun. <laughs> yeah. I love anytime somebody gets and by the by, that's gonna be our next credential here. You mad. Rob, play my camera on clip here. You wait, mad, you mad, you mad. Uh, thank you so much. Uh I love it when someone's mad. I love that the referee immediately feels uh like he needs to protect Jason Terry in that moment. That's right. a fantastic little ad there. Yeah. <laughs> and then Jason Terry, I don't know if you saw this, Jason Terry goes and shoots the technical free throw. And when he makes it, he kind of does that thing where he's like, yup, made it. Like yeah. He like turns to the crowd like, yo, I made it. Like points, like, like you know, he does like a hand gesture acting like he made the, the, the technical free throw. Like he could somehow salvage a little bit of his honor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, Niles, can I ask you quickly about your career before we move on? Yeah. Uh, uh, so you told me in college, you had the audacity to think that I can write this better. These movies better. So that you were thinking strictly of comedy writing. When did stand up sort of become a dream of yours? Um, so I, yeah, I wanted to, the crazy thing is I wanted to write just like all kinds of different kind of movies and stuff. I, I never thought about like strictly comedy ever. Mm, like mm. that was the crazy thing about it. And uh, when I moved here, um, I had written like some short stuff and like one of them, one was kind of like comedy leaning. And I had a friend that works in film production and she read it and she was like, yo, you should like try stand up and like go say some of this stuff. And I didn't, I didn't even know you could do that. Like <laughs> my favorite comedians growing up were like Bernie Mac, right. Cat Williams, Chris Rock. Yeah. I just thought they were the funniest people in the world and yes. they were just up there talking, you know? 
I didn't know you wrote a set and you practiced right, the jokes right. and all and open mics and that kind of thing. So when I, it was like a whole world was opened up to me that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. And so I just started going to open mics and going to bars and bombing. I was terrible. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was a 20 year old kid had just turned 21. Like I don't have anything real interesting to say. So I was just up there talking about stupid shit never being funny and then it took me about a little over a year and it started kind of clicking amazing I, I was a huge david letterman devotee and i remember the same thing i thought letterman just said all i thought he said all of the things that he said i thought like he yeah. just had them i didn't know that people were writing them for him uh, right so as you drop out of college and go to la to start working in this insane industry what are your friends and family thinking uh i lost a couple friends they thought i was crazy <laughs> um my parents were very very upset my mom cried oh, no. it was for for, oh, no. for some people in my life it was definitely it was like a traumatic moment have you won them over yet have you won these people over oh well, yeah everybody believes Good in me now for you. <laughs> Yeah, Good everybody always knew. Hey, <laughs> yeah, every, everybody believes in me now. It's sweet. Can you talk a little bit about your approach to the game? I, I, I let me let me say tell you give let me give you a quick sort of summary on my thoughts on your opinion. My my thoughts on your approach to the game. You come off like a comedy entrepreneur to me. Is that fair to say? What do you What are your thoughts? On yeah. That? For sure. I love that. I think it's fantastic. Can you talk about your approach? Like how, you, how do you, how did you, how do you intend to get through this business and get to where you want to be? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, I definitely want to use stand up as a way to connect to people so I can do the movies and the things like that. Cause I feel like when you grab, if you create your own fan base like that and then you make something, they're going to really come out and support it mm -hmm. because they like, I feel like your favorite comedians, you kind of know who they are because mm -hmm. you, like, listen to the material. It's a very vulnerable thing. So, yeah, I've definitely been trying to, like, my goal has really been uh, to grab an audience that you wouldn't usually see at a comedy club mm -hmm. and making them come out to see comedy. And so that's kind of the brand I've been building. And I feel like to get that audience, you do have to be an entrepreneur of some sorts and be able to adapt and do things differently. Can you talk about your new special, that the, the thousand that you're doing? Can you talk about that yeah. concept? Yeah. So basically, like I have two hour specials online that people can see for free. So I wanted to do something just different. Like I don't I feel like uh, the stuff I've put out and like my Comedy Central set, like I don't have to prove I'm funny anymore. Mm -hmm. Like that's known. That's not up for debate at all. Um, so I don't <laughs> so I don't need to have anything like out publicly right. new. So right. I wanted to do something like special specifically for people who would pay for it. So, yes, yeah, so I'm excited to like keep building this set. Um, I'm pretty, I think I got about a quarter of it done. So just, and you're going to let a thousand people see it, right? Yeah. I love that. I love small room shit. I love, I love your confidence. I, I think you. that's going to really see you through. And and obviously your, I mean, your talents through the fucking roof. So, I mean, Thank just you. describe Jason Terry getting dunked on us and being jumped. I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> but I really, I love, I love you being creative. I love you doing some stand up, uh, some some specials and putting them out on YouTube. I love you directing some shorts. Um, I love you uh, 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 doing this, you know, thousand special. I think it's. I I really appreciate you trying to be different. I think it makes you stand out. You you put Thank together you. A stand up shows too, correct? Like as yeah, you go yeah, around, you're not just showing up. You're putting shows together. Yeah. Why? What's the What's the thinking behind that? Um. Really, for me. Uh, Throwing a show is it's kind of like I I think it's kind of it's just for me really like I'm glad oh, people it. come and 
pull up and support or everything, but like I I need to get on I stage as much as possible to develop a new set and work out new jokes and stuff. So if I can create an extra opportunity for me to get on stage just to entertain some people like uh, from like my own show, then cool, you know? But it's really, it's really for me to get the work in. I love it. Perfect. That, and that leads us perfectly to our next segment. It's called Dream Team. Everybody remembers the Dream Team, 1992. Barcelona Olympics, Jordan, Bird, Magic, Barkley. Barkley hit the guy in the chest with the elbow. It's fantastic. The Dream Team. Niles, the Dream Team segment on this show is me asking you to put together your Dream Team, your Dream Lineup. You're putting together, you've, you already do this. You're doing this in different cities. You're doing this for your special. You're putting together a show. You've got full mm-hmm. control. You're the executive producer. You can pick any stand-up in history, even the dead ones. Even put dead together one. three, four people, five if you need them all. It's up to you. P- put together your perfect dream team lineup, stand-ups, one night. You've got the perfect venue all laid out. Maybe it's in New York. Maybe it's in L.A. You're, you get to pick the stand-ups. Give me the stand-ups and the order they're coming out. Okay. And how many do I get to pick? Well, it's up to you. Three, four, five, somewhere in that vicinity. But if you've I got think, more, I if you want to, you tell me. Four Killers is like the perfect Here we show. go. I love it. So, 90s Martin has to be the host. I love it. I, I, I love this. I lo- Okay. I, I'm going to, I don't want, this isn't about me. I'm not going to interrupt you. I just want to say, I love that out of the gate. Keep going. 90, 90s Martin has to host. <laughs> I have to be on the lineup. So there we go. <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> Niles out first. I'll go first, and I'll try to keep it on. I'll try to keep it easy on the guys closing it up. <laughs> Se- second has to be Bernie. Bernie Mac is so good. No, 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 no. Chris Rock. Chris Rock's '90s. Chris Rock is second. Got it. Bernie Mac is third. Got it. And then you got to have Eddie Murphy close it up. I love it. It's a gr- no. that's a great show. No. I oh, gotta wait, wait. <laughs> I got to change it. Here we go. Instead of Eddie, Richard Pryor. Oh, my God. Eddie's getting the boot because he wants to keep it to poor. Oh, fantastic. I got to give it to Richard. <laughs> Richie. But I, can't, but I can't take me off. So. <laughs> I love this. Listen, you can't end up running a 10 6 7. You, and you can't be thinking about the Olympics unless you know you got the gas. And now has got the gas. He's coming out the gate first. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. A fantastic answer. Uh, the next credential is our ear test. What did you hear in this moment? Niles, I want to play for you the call. It's from Mike Tarico To me, maybe one of the better dunk calls ever. Let's listen to this together. Celtics as a team shooting 67%. They're 20 of 30 here tonight. Jason Terry, good defense. Way from behind, takes it away. Chalmers, pull. Damn! <laughs> a fantastic call from Mike Tirico. Your thoughts on the call? I just feel like beat by beat, like it's perfect with his voice. Like as the moment gets even more and more and more intense, like so does he. <laughs> and it's like it's almost like he's like watching it, like he can't believe it. Almost like how beautiful the play is. It it, it really narrates nicely what you described at the beginning. Yeah, that it goes that that ball ping pongs around. It goes from one to the next to the next. It like steps up in sort of excitement, and then and so does his names. For me, for Mike Tirico to get those names out and to go all last names as that ball is ping ponging around, that's fantastic. And then to nail the James, let's listen to the names again here from Mike. Chalmers, Paul, oh, so good. 
uh, uh, Isaac Lee, who a former guest came on and said that was his favorite dunk and, and only described it by saying uh, Chalmers, uh, Cole, James. Yes. There's just something nice. like hanging those names together, which is fantastic. That's dope. Uh, the next credentials are press conference. Any great sound bites from afterwards? Uh, there were. There were a bunch. Uh, let's listen to what LeBron had to say. This is a reporter asking LeBron if he saw Jason Terry underneath the basket. Did you even see Jason down there? Yeah, I seen him down there. I guess he didn't see me. <laughs> he goes, Dang. <laughs> how cold is that, Niles? That was amazing. <laughs> a very like, that was just that's like and that that quote is like LeBron to a T, you know? Yes. It's like he keeps it very simple. Yeah. He said what he said, and you can't <laughs> you don't even need to question it, you know. It's so cool. Such a cool thing to say. I mean, honestly, it sounds scripted. I'm talking to a writer here. It sounds right. like you scripted that goddamn thing. That's a very cool thing to say after you especially after you bury a guy like that. Right. Fantastic. I saw him, I guess he didn't see me. <laughs> <laughs> really good lebron lebron went on to say and this again speaks to your uh the water under the bridge that is jason terry and lebron james uh lebron went on to tell the associated press quote it's one of my better ones i presume he's talking about the dunk it's one of my better ones and the fact that it happened to jt makes it even that much sweeter because we all know jt talks too much sometimes i'm glad it happened to him unquote fantastic there i mean you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you've got a little bit of a story behind a moment like this, then you've got obviously the dunk is fantastic. Obviously the game is fantastic. And then uh, to have a, a post game press conference like that and say, uh, I guess he didn't see me. I mean, yeah. God damn, Bron. Um, the next credential is Twitter fingers. Any great tweets from this? Oh, phenomenal. Uh, honestly, there were so many. It was such a deluge that it hard to sort of trace Genesis of some of the memes and stuff that took off online. Uh, first one I want to mention, a uh, guy did that, uh, posted a picture of that Michael Jackson lean and then put, Terry, are you okay? Are you okay, Terry? Ooh. <laughs> That's pretty good, Niles, right? That's pretty good. <laughs> are you like a meme? Can you do memes? I like working in this business. The second you asked me to like, Posting me, I can't. I, my brain just doesn't work that way. Can you? Yeah, I'm, I'm do pretty good memes? with the memes. I'm pretty good with it. the memes. It's a real, it's a real blind spot in my in my game. I can't do it. Um, there's another one that obviously the uh, JT picture gets the Simba treatment. I think it's Simba. I've never seen Lion King, but Simba's the young lion, right? The kid lion. Yeah. Okay. See that? I'm already. I'm learning so fast. So he gets the Simba treatment, and then someone named Sandin Jacobs at Sandin Jacobs uh, put this online, which was fantastic listen let's listen to this together bagel tear put it reverse tear put it reverse oh lord lord jesus oh lord oh jesus what the fuck are you doing tear That's you know, one of my dad's favorite videos on the internet. It's so good. It's his favorite video. It's so it's very funny that it's your dad's too. It's like yeah. it's just it's like, you know, it is for slightly older people. I love that there's like a distinct twang in that guy's voice, so it probably yeah. plays very well in the South. Right. Uh, and then it happens to fit this moment perfectly because they're talking about Terry. Put it in reverse, Terry. Terry, what are you doing? And then the fireworks. Yeah. I mean, a perfect response to this dunk. Yeah. Uh, Niles, again, before I move on, uh, can I, can we talk about Dave, writing on Dave? Let's do it. How'd you get writing on Dave? How'd you get the job? So, um, they, uh, I guess they had maybe like a short list of writers they wanted to hire to fill in their staff writer um, 
positions. Mm. And so uh, being repped at CAA, I was on that list of writers. Great. And when I guess they were going through all the writers, they had, uh, saw I had a comedy special on YouTube. And at the time, that was my first you. one, Girls Don't Twerk to Jokes. <laughs> and so Jeff Schaefer and Lil Dicky, a.k.a. Dave, they both watched it and um, let me know in my interview that they had been watching my stand-up. Ugh. And uh, that kind of set me apart a little bit. Amazing. And with uh, this new season, Dave is going on tour. So like uh, for the for the in the meeting, if you got a if you got a meeting with Dave and Jeff, uh, Jeff is also the co-creator of a co of a Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like Larry's right hand man with the writing, and so I knew him from that and writing on Seinfeld. So he's kind of like somebody I've always looked up to. God damn. But uh, and so what they wanted me to do in the meeting was pitch my own tour episode, uh-huh. and so it was dope that basically I just got the pitch a wild night I had on tour personally uh, perfect. Uh, as the episode and they loved it and I got the job and they liked my stand up And so oh, I kind of like had a, I kind of had like a, an, an advantage on the writing competition because I had just got off, got off tour. Um, and I did stand up, which he had liked to see. So, uh, it was kind of cool that the things I do extra outside of writing work to get me the job. Uh, this show is about moments. It's about talking about moments, big moments, funny moments and entertaining moments. I love thinking about the moments from people's careers, the guest careers too. What that's a moment. You get the interview with with Dickie. Great show. You're excited about being on this. Is this your first writing job? Yeah, ever. First writing job ever. You hear what I'm saying? Leaves college, comes, starts working in the business, getting up. First writing job ever. He get he goes in the meeting and they go, Cold, pitch me, pitch me a moment, pitch me a night what happens and he's able to pull something out that's a huge moment and it pays off fantastic congratulations is that the biggest moment of your career so far is there a moment in your career maybe it's getting up maybe it's the stand-up special is there a moment in your career where you go things have changed significantly after this moment yeah i would i would say um three moments uh getting dave Mm. um i had a joke this trans joke go viral yes Uh, it's so good that got shared by a lot of like big, you know, thing, media things on the internet. And then, uh, my, when my Burger King joke dropped on comedy central. Uh, so I, the Burger King joke is so fantastic. I mean, I don't, I'm not, I don't want you to ask, I'm not going to have you tell these jokes. I'm going to post them yeah. all on the social thread. They'll be all on the, on the show's social Thank uh, you. at first ballot HOF on Instagram at first ballot pod on Twitter. I realize those should be the same. I get it. I understand. It's a fuck up. Uh, those jokes are so great. And by the by, he says trans joke. He's not. He 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 definitely and artistically makes a joke in that space, which I yeah. think is uh, worthwhile and very funny and deft and shows a, a handle on the language. And I think it was. Uh, I appreciate your guts in doing that as well. Um, those are really great. Those are also uh, great answers. Fantastic uh, writing for Dave. Uh, it must have the show is really great. You know, I'm gonna just be honest with you for a second now. I don't like that Dave is uh, that funny and talented. Right. I don't like that he's also good at basketball. Right. I don't like that. He's even got like a, I, I call them like jealousy projects. Have you seen his music video where he goes around and like, at, he goes, I'm shooting a video and I want it to make it seem like I'm rich. So could I shoot? Isn't it so like cool? It's That's the my favorite fu- video. I, I was so deeply jealous when I saw that, that I had nothing to do with that video. Right. I, I don't like all of those things about him. I, I said it before. He's the guy that thinks about and does something. And when you watch it, you go, why didn't I think of that? Right. That's little Dicky ideas. They're Fuck. like, they're not the most crazy elaborate in the world, but they're so simple and dope that you're just like, why did nobody else come up with yes. this first? Why was he yes. first? 
it's something about him, man. I, I told him, it's like, you, you're really good at thinking the things first. Yes. He, he's good at that. You And he's also like good with like sports comedy stuff too. Don't, it, you seem like a competitive guy. Doesn't part of you hate him? Oh, a little bit. <laughs> For sure. If you're a cre- if you really like want to do this, That's part of you it. should hate Lil Dicky. That's right. He's so good at marketing right. himself and putting things out. I mean, like I, I really got to talk to him and get to know him this year. He's really cool. And like he was telling me how like he worked his marketing jobs. So you know, he had learned some things. And so basically he saved up money to where he could shoot five months of music mm. videos. Mm. Work five months worth of music videos. He's not Lil Dicky yet. He's just a dude working in an oh. office. And it's like to think that, yes. like, how did you know? Like, yes. I'm gonna shoot five months of music videos, and that way, eventually, one will go crazy. But like, right. the first one he drops hit a million views on the first day, God and damn. so, so when that hit, he was like, "Oh shit! Well, I got five months of this shit, and, and people are loving it." So, I mean, the dude, the dude's a creative genius. He really is. So you, you got if you really want to do this stuff, you you gotta hate him a little bit because it's like <laughs> I really dude, appreciate. I really appreciate you admitting that. <laughs> the show is also the show is so good. I've yet to watch season two. I've been sort of saving it up so I can rip through it all. Uh, this sh- that that show is so, for me. This is strictly Neil. This is not Niall speaking about his bosses. This is Neil. Uh, that show is so good that even the things I don't like. Uh, they drift away so fast because of funny? all of the things I love. I there was an episode I can't remember her name. A director, she's a black woman. She directed the episode where uh, he was flirting with Doja Cat. Yeah, that episode finished, and I went, "Hold on, I'm going through the credits, and I'm writing down the names of the people that had something to do with this, so that I can remember to work with them or talk to them at some point." That's yeah. how much I like the show. It's really, I so hate, good. I almost hate the guy. It's yeah. very close to being hate, really. Yeah. Uh, congratulations for being on the show. I can't wait to watch the season. Uh, Thank you. Check it out on FX and Hulu some at some point after that. You look it up. You, you figure it out. You've got the internet. The next credential is our test of time. This is when we compare this moment, LeBron's dunk on Jason Terry, against other moments like it in history. Uh, I want to compare it against one right out of the shoot. I want to. I've got a good one to compare this to. Uh, LeBron's dunk on Jason Terry happens on March eighteenth, twenty thirteen. Eight days before that, on March 10th, 2013, this play happens. Here comes Chris Paul. The oh, I thought it was going to be this one. Yeah. Monster jam by DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> I want to see it again. This could be as good as anyone we saw from Blake. Absolutely. <laughs> That's as good as anybody anywhere. Yeah. DeAndre on Brandon Knight. I, I thought that was what you were going to play. No, that's, <laughs> that dunk was crazy. That that dunk kicked uh, Brandon Knight out the league. <laughs> Done. Done. You ain't seen him since. Let me tell you, I don't know if he left the league immediately, but no one took him serious after that play. Nope. God damn, that is sad. And like with that, listen. <laughs> with that team being called like Lob City and everything, that was kind of like yes. a moment that encapsulated their whole team. Totally. Like, this is what yes. we do. You know, that's what you put on the highlight reel. So good. Um, Dr. Jerry Wang, one of my favorite uh, meme guys, uh, social media people, uh, had a, a fantastic gif where a uh, casket drops on top of Brandon. Knight, oh, no. Dunk. Yeah, it's it's so good. The, the, a great dunk. So which of those which of these two? Dunk, and listen, I'm not saying they both can't make the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But as we're comparing this against other dunks, if there was a dunk that was better than this LeBron James, Jason Terry casket dunk just eight days in front. Wow. 
those are the same can, can ones. You, can you put this? Can you put this? Uh, James, uh, Jason, Terry dunk in. If maybe DeAndre's is better, which of those dunks is better to you? Well, it, the LeBron's is better because he's LeBron. <laughs> and then perfect. And then it's just like the get, you know, the get back, the revenge on Jason Terry. You know, yeah. I just feel like nice. I feel like Brandon Knight was just like a unsuspected by bystander. Yes. <laughs> He's yes, just an unwitting wrong, wrong participant. Wrong dude, wrong time, you know? <laughs> Very much so. Is this is that your favorite LeBron James dunk? Do you have uh, – where does it rank amongst other uh, LeBron James dunks? I think There's that's There's one on Nurkic. That might be he, one he, of my he favorites. He punches one on Tim Duncan, which I had forgotten about, but I saw it in, in sort of reviewing Ugh, for this. I really I'll, appreciate somebody boofing on The Tim Duncan, Duncan one, I, don't, I guess I've yeah. heard – the one on Nurkic is crazy. Crazy. Uh, there was one on Damon Jones that was nasty. Yes, nasty, super nasty. Yeah, but I think – you know, I think – this might be my favorite LeBron dunk, you know. Do you have a favorite LeBron James moment in general? Favorite what, Le- what 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 moment? If you think about LeBron James's career up yeah. until this point, and by the way, we're you and I as Laker fans, we're licking our chops about the the rest of this playoffs. Very excited. I don't want to get into it. I'm very superstitious. Very excited about the future. Yeah. That said, in terms of the past, do you have a favorite LeBron James moment? Yeah, Game Six against Boston. F- fantastic. That was a legacy defining game. Because yeah. it was like, you lose that game, you go home, or you can force this game seven back at home. And it was like one of those things. It's like, dang, like so much have been said narratively just about LeBron. Mm-hmm. If he was going to be one of these players to be in the greatest of all time. And like at this time, he was only 26. And so people were saying he couldn't win in the playoffs, all this kind of shit. So uh, I think that game was very important for just like a legacy defining moment. Um, and just like that, cause it was just a must win. And so he just literally went out there and just took the game by himself. Perfectly said next credential, our X factor, uh, everybody knows what an X factor is uh, any X factors from this game. I want to pitch one to you. Can I pitch you an X factor yeah. for this moment? Now we're looking for anything that might make this moment greater. You need, we need all of the votes. We need all of the little things that could make this moment great to see if this thing can go in the first bell hall of fame. Nothing waltzes into the first bell hall of fame. It's a very prestigious honor. So we got to look at everything. And as I'm watching the clip, I look and see Norris Cole. Great first name. Norris. Fantastic. Don't know how many Norrises have ever been in the NBA. That's fun. I, and then I also look at Norris Cole and I'm like looking at pictures of the play and I'm seeing Norris Cole. In the, and I remember that someone said that Norris Cole looks like Waldo Faldo from Family Matters. He Mad. does. Do you remember that? Yeah. That to me is a huge X factor here. The, Waldo Faldo. You could, if you squint your eyes, Waldo Faldo is in this play. Yeah. Are you a Family Matters fan? Your thoughts? I on hate Waldo that show. <laughs> How uh, dare you? It's, it's like it's in in that in bad things America has done to black people. It's in that top five of crack. Holy shit! Crack what number, are the others? Are there other? Do you have others? Crack would be no crack five. and slavery one and two. Family Matters in that top five. <laughs> Dog shit show. Some some bullshit. I hate that show. <laughs> do you remember that old tweet when? Uh, uh, I God, I, I'm doing it this no justice. Someone wrote about how Harriet would walk down the steps all dressed up, and like the audience would ooh and ah, and the guys like, but she looked like shit. Do you remember that tweet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. It's so funny. I'm gonna find it. I'll put it in the social. But he's like Harriet walking down the stairs looking like shit, and everybody's ooh and ah. It's very. Fun. I'm doing this no favors. That's I'm so, so funny. sorry. I'm about to check that out. But it's so funny. It's really great. I'll send it to you. 
Um, the next credentials posterized any great images. Honestly, to me, there's not one like singular image that's like the one that media is on the poster that defines this. But honestly, every angle of this shot, there are so many different photos of of Jason Terry falling at different angles with his legs at different angle, uh, sort of obtuse angles. Uh, 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 some of them are are really scissored out. Uh, LeBron standing over him, Jason Terry lying flat on his back. All of the images of this moment, fantastic. All of them additive here. Uh, Niles, I see the clock is running out on us. That can only mean one thing. It's time for America's favorite podcast segment. It's called More Important. Rob, make this echo right here. More Important. Niles, do you know how More Important works? You can be honest. I do not. Perfect. That's great. That's perfect. Niles, one of the many things I found about uh, found about you that I thought was very impressive, and you've mentioned this already, it's your ability to tackle tough jokes in a changing landscape for comedy. You haven't shied away from finding ways to make good, tasteful jokes about marginalized people, serious issues. I think you're very adept at that, and I appreciate you having the guts to try it. But Niles, in 2023, aren't there some things that shouldn't be joked about? What topics and issues are above, rightfully above, a Niles Abstin joke? Oh, for for me to talk about? Oh, okay. Um, I don't. Oh, I'm so sorry, Niles. Nobody wants to hear that bullshit you were just about to make up. <laughs> that PC answer. It's time for something more important. The music's playing. There's a ticker counting us down. We gotta go fast, Niles. I'm about to ask you a series of questions. Your answer to these questions will all be way more important than that bullshit you were just gonna make I agree. up. Your, your answer to these questions will define who you are as a man on this planet. Are you ready for more? Important? Yeah. What is your favorite beverage? Favorite beverage ever? Werner's uh, ginger ale. Wow. Wow. That's like my grandma's answer too. Fantastic. You can only eat at one chain restaurant for the rest of your life now. Chain? Only one for the rest of your life. Chain yeah. restaurant? One chain restaurant for the rest of your life. What is it? Ooh, is it a chain restaurant? Might have to be yeah. Outback Steakhouse. Oh, I love it. What is it you love about Outback? Either Outback or Chili's. You got to go one. You can't say both. I'm not allowing Outback, you both. You got to say one of the Outback. Onion, you know? Fantastic. Blooming Onion is fantastic. As good as it gets. It's good. On, on the Mount Rushmore of uh, of uh, uh, chain restaurant signature dishes, Blooming Onion. Uh, Niles, what is your favorite comedy thing? It can be a movie, a TV show, a podcast, a podcast segment, ahem, anything you want. What is your favorite comedy thing right now? Right now. Uh, I think my favorite comedy thing right now would probably be Ali Sadiq's last comedy special. I haven't seen it, but Ali's so It's really funny. good. It's called it's called uh it's called Domino Effect. I think I think uh it was the special that was better than mine last year. Ah, uh, the only one. There was, was one. It. Somebody got one in yeah, the one. It was amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, a great answer. Uh, Niles, you're hysterical. This podcast is about sports, and it's supposed to be funny. Who is the funniest athlete of all time? Funniest athlete of all time. Oh, Shaq got to be up there. Gronkowski was really funny. Gronkowski's a funny yeah. guy. Him and, Gronkowski willing to and do Him and Shaq kind of have that same vibe. Yeah, I'd probably go Shaq. He's probably they one of the do. funniest athletes ever. A great answer. Fantastic. Uh, Niles, name a comedian. You know, you're certain you could beat up in a fight. And you got to be positive about this. 
they might get a shot off. They might get a, like a jab, like a left hand in. But who are you absolutely dragging down the street? Name a comedian you're absolutely beating up. Oh, my fight. God. Because some of the, like, the older ones, I got that old man strength. That's right. That's I don't right. know if I want to. I don't know if I want to try earthquake. You know what I'm saying? Like he might, he might have, he might have something for me. You never know. <laughs> you might have years of pent up rage in there. You just don't right. know. Kevin Hart's my. You gotta Kevin know. You gotta, boss, you gotta have. So I'm not gonna say. There you go. So don't I'm not say, gonna Kevin. say that. Uh, I want. I want to get back. I want to be hired back for season four. So definitely not Kev. Uh, you know, Cat Williams. I don't know. Cat Williams crazy. Oh, Mulaney. Mulaney. Yes. I, take Mulaney. I don't I, I think most people could see a picture of John Mulaney and be like, yeah, I could beat him up. <laughs> like, <even> <laughs> He's got that kind of face, and let me tell you, he wears suits a lot. You see him yeah. in a suit, you're certain you could beat that yeah. guy up. Dribble his head right down the street. A last special his last special he just dropped was amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to see it, but uh, I, I appreciate you acknowledging that you could definitely beat John yeah. Mulaney up. Uh, Niles, next question. Are you a roller coaster guy? That's not really. I enjoy them, but Me it's not either. something I really like to do. I don't like them. Um, I don't get the. I don't get why don't get it's like point. cool or like fun to be like. Look, it's like I'm gonna right. die. I just don't. I don't know. I don't see it. Uh, Niles, last question. You've been great so far. More important, it's been great. What is the thing you wanted as a child that you never got? I never got to sit courtside at a game. Yes, that. Uh, let me tell you, that is on my goddamn list. Are you picking Staples Center? I yeah, presume. I gotta do, you do it. it. Yeah, amazing. I, I would be. I'm so jealous. We had a guy on the show, Ryan Bergara, um, very funny guy. Started his own YouTube channel, a lot like you, an entrepreneur, very funny. Uh, and he posted pictures on his Instagram of him sitting courtside at the Lakers game. And I, I, it's right in the middle of the interview. I'm like, there's like a thing between us now because I think it's bullshit that you did that. <laughs> Like, you're successful, it's great, but also, like, are you that successful, and now I'm competitive with you, and I don't right. like it, and I, like, I'm just going to say it to get it out, clear the air between us. It's a great answer. Courtside. Yeah. You're going to do it someday. One you're going to do it. I can feel it. You're going to break. It's going to be great. Uh, that's it. That's more important. You were fantastic. Uh, Niles, it's time. It's, we're ready for the cosign. This has been a lot of fun to talk with you about. It's time for the cosign. The floor is yours. I'm asking you the question. Does LeBron James's casket dunk, casket job on Jason Terry belong in the first belt Hall of Fame, and why? It has to, just from an impact standpoint. Uh, I feel like LeBron made a statement uh, with that dunk, with winning that game as well. Um, basically mm-hmm. showing the Celtics that like the what they had started in 07 was, start, was staying in 07, and they mm-hmm. won't be winning any more championships <laughs> with this court. So, because I feel like they they blew it up not too long after and straighted people off to uh, yep. to New to Brooklyn. So I feel like that's right. That all all of that kind of is in represents that moment. I love it. I love it. Fantastic. A great answer. It's time for the induction speech. That's when it's me, Neil. I could get to decide whether this thing goes into the first Bell Hall of Fame. I'm going to take everything now set into account for certain. But ultimately, this is my job. This is my Hall of Fame. I'm the I'm the I'm the owner. I set this thing up. This is my show. I got to decide this thing. I don't know what else you want. This again, this show is about the that intersection between sports and entertainment and comedy. I, I don't just want a game-winning play. I want a play 
that's incredible athletic execution at its peak, but there's also a layer of entertainment and humor that you just don't see in most places. What else do you want in this play? The guy dunks on the dude. He compl- he damn near flips on top of his head, lands flat on his back. LeBron stares at him. He says the coolest thing after, uh, right after the game. Uh, it's 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 fantastic. The the the, the Celtics uh, window closes. Get those dudes out of here. If you hate the Celtics, of course you do. That goddamn racist town. The, they close the door on that hole. Get up. They get get out of here. They're done. Uh, uh, it, it's 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 tying up loose threads. It's super funny. It's entertaining. He wins the game. Damn near at the buzzer. He goes on to win the championship. What else are you looking yeah. for? Jason Terry, LeBron James. This dunk. Congratulations. Oh, Norris Cole, Mar- Mario Chalmers too. Congratulations. May your plaque hang on the walls of the first ballot Hall of Fame forever. Niles, how do you feel? You must feel, feel great. great. I agree. <laughs> Niles, how can people follow you? What can you post? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Niles100 or follow me on Instagram at the Niles Absent Show. And there you can find links to my upcoming shows and my YouTube channel. I really, I get massive vibes from you. I think you're going to take off and you're going to be huge and you are fantastic Thank on you. the show. The, 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 this being like a jump, that is as good as it's gotten on this show fantastic thank you so much for being on that's it that's the show my thanks to mr niles abston he's the future everybody he's coming on i'm telling you support that man we're all we got my shout out today goes to little espresso at andrewski on twitter he's in the south bay he's a laker fan and he told his followers about our serena williams crip walk episode with chloe hilliard check that one out if you haven't heard it chloe so funny the moment so important thank you to andrewski again i appreciate the love the show keeps growing credits robbie and jessica are the team rhythm j makes the beats jorge Norano plays the guitar the show is written and recorded by yours truly rate and review the show tell a friend and come back next week for more first ballot chicken 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 burgers chicken fries and chicken burgers 